This is the Summit Life Ministries audio experience. Welcome to the Age Changer Show brought to you by Summit Life Ministries. The vision mission of Summit Life Ministries is to elevate, equip, and empower. It's to elevate the church's vision to see God's eternal purpose, to equip believers to live with an eternal perspective, and to empower believers to live supernatural lifestyles with faith-filled obedience. My name is Carmen Furrow. This is my husband, Lynn Furrow. And we are living this faith-filled obedience part out. That is right. (laughs) We are um, walking by faith, doing what God has put in our hearts and what he's been growing in our hearts over many, many years. So it's exciting to be a part of this process and see what God is doing. Well, Carmen, thank you. David helped us in the first two podcasts, and I am blessed by having my um, helpmate and counterpart in life uh, also share in this moment. And we are, again, looking at a series called Age Changers, Mm -hmm. uh, which we derive um, the name of this program because we wanted to set the pace and the foundation to this program by this series. I just want to go over again what we believe is the purpose for the Mm -hmm. podcast, and that is that we're living in unprecedented and unparalleled days, and this is an hour where the church has to have real clarity and discernment, and so we want to help believers discern our times, but also give them a foundation and a framework uh, so that as God grows them, they can mature in an authentic way to match and to meet our times. That's right. That we believe that God has called us to the kingdom for such such a a time time as this. This This is not an easy time. This is not a a moment where many of us would have chosen, if God would have showed us all the epics and eras of history, we would have said, Lord, is there one that is not as, uh, as challenging? But just imagine, if we are in the last days, we could be a generation that are alive to see the Lord's return. Our blessed and glorious hope, uh, the second coming of Jesus Christ. Well, there is going to be a generation uh, uh, of believers that just like John the Baptist embodied and was anointed with the spirit and the power of Elijah, and he uh, foreran the first coming of the Lord. That's right. The generation of believers that are alive and will remain until the coming of Jesus, they will forerun his appearing. And so I want to just say, I want to be one of them. If there is a generation who has the awesome challenge but privilege, just think about that, Carmen. Yeah. The privilege of a of a a remnant of people that would be alive and have carried a blessed hope within their heart, a longing to see the Lord's return, a a body that would prepare the way before him, a body that would long and would labor to see him come, then I want to be one of those. I want to say, this is what I was born for. I, I wasn't born for just religious activity. I wasn't born just to go through religious uh, motion without meaning. No, sign me up for the last days. 
It brings okay. me to a sober place in my <laughs> it, thinking and my faith too. Yeah, it is sobering, but yet exciting. Exciting. And and so I want to say, and that, that's what the first two podcasts have been about, that we're uh, in a moment where there's going to be massive change. Mm-hmm. It, it is going to be like a sea change. It's like the oceans are changing their boundaries right. and borders. And so for many of us, this is going to be a moment, it's going to be very disorienting to many people that have been resistant to change. And even though we've tried to tell people that they need to better navigate change, most of, of the people in the United States, in the Western church, they don't um, change well. in Canada have been uh, unwilling to really embrace change in a wholesale way. We've wanted to change a little, but not a lot. And so yesterday... I ended the podcast by talking about Jeremiah's warning. He said, if at the pace of the footman, you you become exhausted, mm-hmm. what are you going to do when God brings about greater acceleration? What are you going to do uh, when the speed is the, uh, the speed and the pace of the horseman? And what are you going to do when you're caught in, not in a time of safety? Because it's easy to train when you're on a track. Right. It's easy to train and learn how to do swimming uh, when you're in a pool. I, I've often joked when I've taught uh, messages about uh, Jesus walking on the water. And, of course, right. Peter in that moment of, of faith where he said, Lord, if it's you, let me come. I just said Jesus teaches water walking classes not in a YMCA pool where the environment is completely uh, controlled. Every environment is controlled. The water is completely placid. Yep. He trains his overcomers in the middle of a storm. Yep. Middle of the storm. Water walking school is always conducted in the middle of contrary winds and enormous waves. But that is what it takes to produce overcomers. That is what it takes for us to truly trust Jesus, where we're not relying on our ability to navigate, our ability to say, I can develop this skill to be able to efficiently navigate this type of environment, something that we control. No, God's about ready to create an environment that no president, no government, no no legislative body, no Congress, no parliament, uh, no army, no military is going to be able to control. God is going to set a context where he's going to show that he is the only one that is in control of the nations. He is the sovereign one, and and he raises nations up, and he throws nations down. He raises leaders up, and he puts them down. That God is the only one that is in control, and God is going to turn the hearts of men as they fail for fear, as everything that they have relied upon uh, I, I describe it as artificial life forms. You know, everything that we've trusted in, all of our idols, all of our, our artificial life forms and substitutes that we've relied on, God is going to shake those things. Uh, but it's going to provide an opportunity, a, a tremendous opportunity. That those that know their God, Daniel yeah. prophesied, yeah. that those that know their God in the last days, they're going to demonstrate exploits that will reveal the glory and the power of God. 
And even though there's darkness in the earth and gross deception and darkness upon the people, it said that the light of the glory of God is going to rise and be reflected through his people. What a promise we have. So this is a challenging time, stretching time, growing time, but yet it's a moment for us to arise and to shine. That's right. That's good. Now, what I want to do uh, today in the remaining time for the podcast is I want to get into the heart and soul of the Age Changer series. The first part was exhorting us to get ready for the pace that God is setting for the church. But really, today, I want to focus on the consequence if we're unwilling to change, the cost of a lack of change. And... I want to use this illustration. You know, you and I, we've been married for 28 years. We have seven children, and some of those children came in quick succession. And so there was a period of our time where, you know, our home was full, uh, full of a lot of laughter, full of a lot of crying, (laughs) uh, full of a lot of activities. And we endeavored to go on some road trips together. Yes, we did. And even though... Because we were fairly poor at that time, um, we in some ways in some ways <laughs> we were rich in family, right. uh, but we had limited budgets uh, to get here and there. But we did take some family vacations. Yeah. They were very budgeted <laughs> and minimal, but we took some vacations yeah, and we did some road trips. And so we bought a conversion van to hold all of the kids. Uh, at first, we had a minivan. But we outgrew the minivan, yeah. so we had to upgrade to a conversion van. And then God blessed us with a Suburban to where we could get everybody in. That was sweet. Uh, but even though we had the Suburban and the conversion van, uh, it was still pretty still full. full. <laughs> it was still full. And <laughs> and once you pack sleeping bags and pillows and suitcases and coolers with food, because it was pretty difficult to take everybody out to eat all the time, uh, we would all pack in together. And I, you know, distinctly remember on most of those trips, we would just get down the road, really not even out of town. Right. And what was the question that the kids always would ask us? Are we there yet? And uh, so that, that became the mantra. One would ask, the others would parrot and echo it. Yeah. But that was a recurring theme. Are we there yet? And, and that statement also intimated some other things that they were thinking. And that is that if we're not there yet, uh, how am I going to be able uh, to make it? Because yeah. I already feel the cramped conditions uh, of, of sitting beside one of my siblings right. and they're crowding me already. They're wanting to stretch out. And, <laughs> and so we know what it was like to hear them in their discomfort as we were just beginning the trip Um, and and then some of the other implications of them going how long is this trip going to take Mm -hmm. well I just want to say this um, about that point we as the church have been on a road trip for over 2,000 years and when Jesus ascended up Uh, You know, there was these angels that appeared to them as Jesus disappeared out of the the disciples' sight and those that saw the ascension of the Lord. And he said, the Lord will come in like manner, 
just as you've seen him go, he will return again. And uh, then we hear what Jesus said before he left in the ascension. He said, I want you to go and I want you to proclaim the kingdom. I want you to preach the good news of the kingdom, that the kingdom is not uh, a future reality, but, but there is a reality to the kingdom. I want you to announce it. I want you to proclaim it. Obviously, he said that he would work with the preaching of the word and confirm it in uh, demonstration with signs and wonders and miracles. These signs will follow them that believe. And so in that great commission, he's authorizing his church. He's he's commissioning his church. He's giving them a kingdom mandate. And that mandate sets an expectation upon the church that he was leaving. And and really that expectation was that I want you to announce this kingdom and in the announcing of it, the proclaiming of it, the demonstrating of it throughout the nations, that there would be an acceleration of it throughout the earth and that that proclamation and demonstration would accelerate the return of the king. Mm -hmm. Not just... You know, we see him leaving and his ascension, but he wanted his kingdom announced so that when he returns, the nations would know who their king is. And so really we see that the Lord had an expectation that the church would go forth into all the nations of the earth, that we would forerun the second coming of the Lord, that we would create a highway for our king that all of the the rubble or the stones in the road that we would prepare a road bed, crooked places would be made straight, rough places would be made plain, mountains of opposition would spiritually be removed and there would be a highway prepared for our king so that he could fully possess his kingdom. But I have a question. (laughs) Why aren't we there yet? Yeah. Did we not grab that purpose and run with it with God? Why aren't we there yet? And so that question has provoked me to restudy certain passage of Scripture as it relates to end time events and as it relates to the second coming of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I want us to go today... And I want us to look at a a particular passage of Scripture that could revolutionize, if we can receive it, if we can hear it, can really revolutionize a paradigm of how we spiritually think about the second coming. And before I read this Scripture, I I just want to say, is it possible that we missed a part of our understanding about what is necessary to bring back the king. And and so before we read this text, I want to I want to maybe just talk about what I see as a current mindset and paradigm of thinking as it relates to the return of Jesus. Right. I think that many Christians just think of it as something that there is no engagement or partnership that the church has in relationship to the Lord's return. So they just think he's just going to, it's all. He's going to do it when he's going to do it. That there is an arbitrary date in God's mind that he has fixed and that he has set. 
and that when we elapse the hours and the years and the decades and the centuries away, then Jesus is going to just show up. And so there's nothing that we can do. There's nothing really of our involvement, our participation, our cooperation that is going to change the timing and 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 influence that outcome that we all want. And so if you talk to believers and you say, do you want Jesus to come back? I think there's an issue that some people are so comfortable in their lifestyle that that they're willing to say, if he comes, he comes. It's a take it or leave it attitude. If he yeah. comes, he comes. But I just want to enjoy this life now. But there's also a part of the church that say, yes, Jesus, would you come? Because we don't like what's happening in the earth. But I don't feel like I can influence him in his return. But I think that as we study this one passage of scripture and then look at others, that there is going to be a paradigm shift. And a paradigm is like a hinge that a gate or a door swings by. And so many times the church has had certain paradigms and we've hooked the door of our theology on those hinges. And so our theology can only have movement uh, based upon that paradigm. God wants to give the church a new end time paradigm that, yes, involves the Lord in his his uh, sovereign choice to come, because we're not we're not disrupting the sovereignty of God when we talk about this right. paradigm shift. But we're going to see that the Lord truly is inviting the church to partner with Him mm-hmm. uh, in that decision of His return. In other words, He is not going to come when the church is unprepared right. to meet Him. And the church has not done the preparatory work in the nations of the earth to prepare the highway for our king. So you're saying we have a part to play in it. We have a part to play. And while we think that we're waiting on Jesus to come back, actually, I believe Jesus has been waiting on us. Jesus has longed for the church to partner with him to bring back his return. And I love what Revelation uh, John, as he, he is he's speaking about these visionary experiences that he has, he, he hears in the end of the book, he, he hears the spirit and the bride come into agreement right. and they both say to the Lord, come. And so there is going to be a church that emerges in the last days that is going to be an agreement with what the Spirit is attempting to work within us, a mature bride that can fully partner with the Lord, uh, with the Spirit of God, to usher Jesus back to what is rightfully his. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And so what I want to do is in this series, I want to awaken the church to the call and the responsibility that we have that directly relates to the timing of Jesus' second coming. I'm going to repeat that. You as a believer have a responsibility. You have a calling. You have a mandate that directly relates to the timing of Jesus' second coming. 
And so if you say, if you are saying, where is he? Why hasn't he returned? Well, I think that we need to have Jesus turn to us, have the Holy Spirit bring us into a place of conviction where we see that Jesus is saying, you've been waiting on me, but I have really been waiting on you to mature, to mature in full kingdom partnership with me that prepares the way before me. Now, I was going to get to this passage of scripture (laughs) in 2 Peter, but we'll take it up in the next podcast. That was really good. I enjoyed it. And I'm feeling this this desire to even just pray on that topic on on us being willing to participate and to partner and to prepare and be a mature people so that we can get to that place to call um to call him back even so Carmen, i'm going to ask you to do that just right now just take a, a couple minutes and i want you to to obey the impulse of the spirit to obey the lord let that heart cry okay. of the bride of christ come forth out of you that we would be a people prepared for the Lord. Lord, we just in agreement right now with your spirit. We yield ourselves again and more that we would come in fellowship with you and yieldedness to you, that your kingdom would come and increase in us, that your will would be done and that we would be a people that are changed and purified and readied and prepared for you to return. God, we don't want to remain the same. We want to be changed. So we say yes to you and we yield to your changing of us for the glory of your name, for the increase of your kingdom. God, that, that as things are shaken around us, God, that our eyes would be set and fixed on you and that what you are saying and speaking to us, we receive Yes, we do. God, Jesus. what you're the change that you are working in us as yours, your possession, your bride, your people, that you would be glorified. We say even so coming. Let that resound in us more and more in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for um listening and following us. If you want to follow, subscribe, um, like us on all of our social media platforms, that would be wonderful. Also, if you have any questions, could you please put those in um, the comments? Um, And then on Fridays, we're going to take a session and answer questions that you submit and that we come up with. Um, God bless you. Thank you for this time that we had together. And we just pray that we would be joined in spirit as we go on this journey. God bless you. What's up, everybody? This is Josh Furrow from the Summit Life Ministries team. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, and have a blessed week.